Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the coronavirus surge around the country, considered uncontrollable as the U.S. breaks another record. More than 130,000 Americans testing positive in a single day and the highest number of COVID deaths in three months. All the numbers pointing in the wrong direction as several governors across the country plea with residents to stay home and issue new restrictions. And the CDC changes its guidance. Masks protect the wearer, too. Plus, the human toll tonight, a COVID widow's grief. I can't sleep in our bed because he's not there anymore. President Trump attends his first public event in nearly a week as his campaign continues his legal fight, even with election officials from both parties rejecting claims of voter fraud. National security concerns grow as President-elect Biden's transition is blocked. Two former White House chiefs of staff warned delays could put American lives at risk. Plus, could Biden name some members of his cabinet this week? Tropical Storm Ada bears down on Florida's Gulf Coast as 13 million Americans are under watches and warnings. Tens of millions of Americans are making holiday travel plans. The CDC's new guidelines for a safe Thanksgiving. And profiles in service. On this Veterans Day, we salute a 100-year-old World War II fighter pilot as he flies into the record books. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin with breaking news. The coronavirus is now spreading so quickly. Public health experts say it is simply uncontrollable. And they're warning that the days ahead will be even worse. Tonight, the U.S. is shattering records set in those first unimaginable days of the crisis. On Tuesday, the country reached another new high for infections in a single day, more than 136,000. Things are now so dire in places like Missouri and Wisconsin, at least one out of every three people tested is positive. More than 1,400 people have been killed by the virus in just the past 24 hours. That's the most to die in one day in months. The death toll, death toll I should say, is now growing so fast, one model says it will reach 400,000 by February. Tonight, hospitals across the Midwest are running out of beds and protective gear. College football games are being canceled, and schools, including Syracuse University, are shutting down as cases there explode. And without the president speaking out, the nation's governors are now stepping in. As we come on the air, New York's governor is just the latest to reimpose restrictions, forcing restaurants to close early and limiting private gatherings to 10 people. All this just ahead of Thanksgiving. Well, we've got a lot of important new information for you and your family tonight, and our team of correspondents is covering it all. CBS's David Begno is going to lead us off tonight from South Bend, Indiana. Good evening, David. Good evening, Nora. You mentioned the governors. Ohio's governor just went on television statewide and he told people, I know you're tired. I know that you're weary, but this virus is more dangerous and widespread than it has been in the past. He says Ohio is experiencing its third wave right now. And he told his residents, if we don't get some kind of control of this, I will shut down bars, gyms and restaurants in one week. Ohio is overwhelmed. As of today, Every single one of our 88 counties has a high rate of virus spread. To North Dakota now, hospital staffing shortages are so dire that the governor issued an order giving the go-ahead for healthcare workers who have active COVID-19 infection but are asymptomatic to continue working in a hospital setting with COVID patients as long as they take extra precautions. Governors in at least seven states have told people stay at home. Nevada's governor has given residents a deadline to lower cases. If we don't come together at this moment, I will be forced to take stronger action in 14 days. Tonight, the CDC is reminding people wearing a mask doesn't just protect others around you. It protects you, too. Demand for COVID testing is surging across the heartland. Nearly every one of the 50 states are reporting increases in new coronavirus cases compared to two weeks ago. And in some, ICU beds are at critically low levels. Only 12 are left in North Dakota. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, they are full. David Begno, CBS News, South Bend, Indiana. I'm Meg Oliver in New York City, where coronavirus spread had been contained for months, but is now in danger of exploding back. Today, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announced new measures to stop the spread. Starting Friday, bars, restaurants, and gyms must close in-person service at 10 p.m. We usually get uh, big orders around 10. And you, we're not going to get the income anymore. New York City's positivity rate climbing to 2.5%. If the city hits 3%, all schools will go remote. We're seeing community spread. We're seeing things we have not seen in a long time. The surge is worse in New Jersey, the city of Newark, the hardest hit. 
For the next three weeks, parts of the city will enforce a 9 p.m. curfew and all indoor and outdoor gatherings will be limited to 10 people. An urgent warning from Children's Hospital in Philadelphia recommending schools and businesses go all remote next week as infection rates in children are now outpacing those of adults in many areas of the country. Meg Oliver, CBS News, New York. I'm Janet Shamley in El Paso, a city shaken to its core. Almost one of every 10 people have been infected here. Few have been spared the impact. I've lost my husband. I lost my brother. I've lost four of my friends. Lori Burnett's husband, Dave, was a firefighter who died in March. Her brother, a Vietnam veteran, died in September. Is that like an open wound again? Every time, every time. I can't sleep in our bed because he's not there anymore. Lori says the toughest part is not being able to comfort others or be comforted herself. We're all in this state of numb that it's, you just have to function. When you ask me, how do I wake up every day? There's been times that I wish I hadn't. Those words are hard to hear, but it is the reality for more than 200,000 families in this country, for many, trying to go on with their lives now without the person they thought they'd be spending the rest of their lives with. Nora. So incredibly painful to hear all that, Janet Shamley, and thank you. Turning now to Washington today, President Trump installed more loyalists at the Pentagon in the wake of firings and resignations among top defense officials. This says the president still shows no signs of conceding the election. Instead, he's filing more legal challenges despite a growing string of defeats in court. CBS's Ben Tracy reports tonight from the White House. Today, President Trump seen in public for the first time in nearly a week at Arlington National Cemetery in honor of Veterans Day. He was there for less than 10 minutes and made no remarks. Also there, the new acting Secretary of Defense, Christopher Miller. On Monday, President Trump abruptly fired Defense Secretary Mark Esper, raising concerns about national security. And now the president is stacking the Pentagon with loyalists, including Anthony Tata, a retired general who has promoted conspiracy theories, and Cash Patel, a former aide to Republican Congressman Devin Nunes. We're going to win the whole thing. The president continues to falsely claim the election was rigged and that he won, today attacking on Twitter the Republican city commissioner of Philadelphia, who has said there is no evidence of election fraud. Al Schmidt says he and his election staff are now getting death threats and require police protection. So that nothing disrupts, nothing slows down or gets in the way of us uh, certifying this election. President Trump hasn't mentioned the surging coronavirus except to take credit for a vaccine which may soon be released. The White House Coronavirus Task Force met Monday, but sources close to it say nothing of substance has happened for weeks, as the administration has been distracted by the election. There's a viral killer going on in each of our communities. If it were an army with guns, you can be sure we would be focused on it. Why aren't we focused on this virus? Please, I implore you, wear a mask. President-elect Joe Biden's transition team is not being given access to key government health agencies and data because President Trump refuses to concede. Biden met with his own COVID task force this week, but is being blocked from coordinating with government experts, such as Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert. The situation, as you well know, is a, is a rather tense situation in the United States regarding transitions. So right now, things are on hold for the time being. 
The latest coronavirus outbreak here at the White House, which includes the chief of staff, continues to grow. There are reports that two more staffers have tested positive, and CBS News has confirmed that a guest of Rudy Giuliani at the election night party held here at the White House has the virus as well. Nora. Ben Tracy, thank you. With votes still being counted in parts of the country, President-elect Biden's popular vote margin over President Trump is growing. Mr. Biden's lead nationwide now tops 5 million. He's winning almost 51 percent of all votes cast, the highest share for anyone challenging an incumbent since FDR in 1932. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. President-elect Joe Biden honored veterans in Philadelphia today while still waiting on a concession from the president. With the mechanics of his transition on hold, there are new national security concerns being raised. Former White House Chiefs of Staff Andy Card and John Podesta argue that American lives could be at risk, pointing to the 9-11 Commission's finding that the delayed transition during the 2000 Florida recount hampered the Bush administration's ability to put key officials in place ahead of the attacks. Card was part of that Bush administration. My greatest fear is that someone would try to take advantage of the disruption of knowledge transfer that is necessary to make sure the country is functioning on day one. Meanwhile, as the president continues to mount lawsuits and alleged ballot counting fraud, Mr. Biden's lead is growing. His advantage is about 14,000 votes in Georgia and plans for a hand recount of all ballots announced today is unlikely to change that. And that every voter will have confidence in the outcome wherever, whether their candidate won or lost. The two Senate runoffs in the state, scheduled for January 5th, will now determine the fate of the Senate and how much legislation Mr. Biden is able to get passed next year. Both parties will be pouring tens of millions of dollars into the contests. This is literally, you know, the showdown of all showdowns in terms of politics and what it means. Florida Senator Marco Rubio flew in today to campaign for fellow Republican Kelly Leffler at a packed indoor event. You know, and we don't want to win one of them. We want to win both of them. We need to win both of them. And Ed O'Keefe joins us now. So, Ed, we're hearing President-elect Biden could announce some top staff positions as early as this week, right? That's right, Nora. One of the names being mentioned, likely for chief of staff, is Ron Klain. He held a similar role for then-Vice President Biden and later held a role with President Obama serving as his point person on the Ebola task force. There are many different names being mentioned for top jobs, but observers agree Klain has an edge given his previous experience dealing with the global health crisis and the problems the Biden team will face come January. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Florida is bracing for a second run-in with tropical storm Ada. The storm already dropped nearly two feet of rain in South Florida. Flooding closed this COVID testing site in Miami Gardens. The parking lot became a lake. Well, now Ada threatens Florida's other coast, north of Tampa. Let's get the forecast now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. Good evening, Lonnie. Good evening, Nora. Well, here's the deal. The pictures you showed us from Miami, that storm affected Miami on Monday. Now we're looking at a storm that is just offshore of Tampa. It's 50 miles to the west-southwest of St. Petersburg, Florida. Earlier today it was a hurricane. Now it's a tropical storm. Winds are blowing at 70 miles per hour. We think early tomorrow morning it's going to make a landfall somewhere around Cedar Key. Then tomorrow afternoon it will exit around Jacksonville as a tropical storm. Then it skirts right along the southeastern seaboard. So all the while it's putting rain down. Tomorrow Tampa could pick up somewhere around a half a foot of rain. Then it gets to the Carolinas. Now it's offshore, remember, but it's piling that rain all throughout North Carolina. Anywhere from, say, Raleigh toward the coastline could pick up eight inches, maybe some areas see a foot of rain, and the band north could make its push into D.C. as well. Do want to show you that not yet, 
But sometime within the next couple of days, we could have our next tropical storm. It could be named Tropical Storm Iota if that happens. Uh, I understand the Greek pronunciation is Yoda, but that's a possibility <laughs> looming out there in this record-setting hurricane season. We have never seen anything like this. I know, including having to pronounce them. All right, Lonnie <laughs> <That's Quinn>. true. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, now tonight with coronavirus infections growing exponentially and concerns that family gatherings could spread the virus further, many Americans are asking, is it safe to travel this Thanksgiving? We'll get more now from CBS's Chris Van Cleve. AJ Drunkers hasn't seen his mother in over a year, but that's about to change. We decided last minute, and I think that was part of weighing out all the risks, all the factors. He's among the 56% of Americans planning to travel for Thanksgiving. After he gets a COVID test. I really let my family drive that decision on their comfort level. Um, and every time I called, they said that they were perfectly comfortable. Also, the beauty of Southern California, we can eat outside. Airlines are expecting their busiest stretch of the pandemic. United is adding 1,400 flights. American will fly more than 500 additional flights daily. But the number of travelers is expected to be far less than last year, and most will go by car. The Centers for Disease Control warns even small household gatherings are an important contributor to the rise in COVID-19 cases. The agency recommends getting a flu shot. Small gatherings outside, wearing a mask, and staying out of tight spaces like the kitchen. When people get together indoors, eating, drinking, uh, talking, shouting, singing, that's unfortunately how to spread a lot of COVID, especially when people are traveling around. Former CDC director Dr. Tom Frieden downsized his own family's Thanksgiving as COVID has surged. Please be more careful around Thanksgiving so that we can have a Merry Christmas. Otherwise, there's a real chance that we're going to see explosive spread of COVID throughout December as a result of the Thanksgiving holidays. The CDC is urging people to limit Thanksgiving really to just their immediate household or a small group of close contacts, preferably who all live in the same area. They're recommending wearing a mask when you're not eating. And if you do have to be indoors, opening as many windows as you can to get the best ventilation possible or consider a virtual Thanksgiving and bring the family together remotely. Nora. The Zoom's giving. All right, Chris Van Cleve, thank you. Amazon's home security company Ring is recalling a model of its video doorbells. The company says the doorbells could catch fire if they're not installed properly. At least eight customers suffered minor burns. The recall affects about 350,000 doorbells sold between June and October of this year. A mother of the civil rights movement has died. Lucille Bridges was a mother of five, including her daughter Ruby Bridges, who in 1960 walked past crowds shouting racist slurs as she became the first black student at her elementary school in New Orleans. Norman Rockwell's famous painting depicts Ruby walking alone, but her mom Lucille was right by her side that day. Ruby herself says her parents are the real heroes. Lucille Bridges was 86 years old and changed history. Tonight, in honor of Veterans Day, we salute an extraordinary World War II fighter pilot who is still flying. Captain Harry Moyer is at the controls as we continue our series, Profiles in Service. World War II pilot Harry Moyer says there is no better place to be on Veterans Day than in the sky. I'm going to say it's ethereal, but it's very moving to, to me. He still flies every week, including on the day he turned 100 years old last month. He may be the oldest active pilot in the world. His family submitted this video to the Guinness folks as proof. 
Not that Moyer much cares about the record. I think it'll probably be a little bit more for my, for my family rather than for me, maybe. They want to say Grandpa did this or something like that. Moyer started flying in 1942 with the Army Air Corps and served as a combat pilot throughout the war, including a stint with the famed Flying Tigers that defended China from the Japanese. A kid out of Akron, Ohio, and you're flown down to Brazil and across the Atlantic and up in North Africa and all that. <laughs> my God Almighty. And uh, it's, yeah, it was pretty amazing. We think it's amazing that he's still flying, but he doesn't. He says life is about doing what you love and taking risks. Just don't sit back and just say, my God, that's, that's too dangerous. It's not. Take your chance. Don't you love him? Captain Moyer urges everyone to donate money to charities that benefit our veterans. Tonight, we salute him and all who have served our country. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, former President Barack Obama sits down with CBS News for his first interviews following the 2020 election. He'll speak with Gail King for CBS Sunday Morning and Scott Pelley for 60 Minutes, and we'll have a preview right here tomorrow. And just a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hope you have a good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.